Hi, my name is Sydney Mitchell. Hi, I'm Matthew Brickman, Florida Supreme Court mediator. Welcome to the Mediate This podcast, where we discuss everything mediation and conflict resolution. I think I'm starting to see, I mean, obviously, you know, through all of our conversations have seen this, but there's so many parts and pieces to this process that nobody would have any idea that they're going to have and hold responsibility for when getting a divorce. So this is, again, I think one of those things, you know, it's like, who knew about this? I didn't. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I mean, you know, and, and, and that's why, you know, for example, when I got divorced in 01, we did not own a home. I did not have a business, did not have any retirement. So it was pretty simple. What are we doing with the apartment that we're renting? What Mm -hmm. are we doing with the cars that we don't own because we're still making payments to the bank? And what are we doing with all of our used furniture? Well, that's pretty simple. Right, right. (laughs) We're not needing to know all of this stuff. I didn't have a business like, okay, well, what about business evaluators? And And that's got to be an entirely different world of. (laughs) For me, it was simple. It's like, okay, well, like, okay, what do I want? Sydney, basically what I took from my divorce was I wanted it, you know, maybe typical guy. I don't know. I took my computer. I took my satellite dish. (laughs) I took (laughs) my clothes. Um, and I took my car and that was it. I'm like, you know what? Just give me my electronics and my clothes and I'm good to go. Other than that, I can rebuild. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, what I have as a, as a business asset is goodwill. I am the business. You can't really sell goodwill because like if I just woke up tomorrow and said, I'm no longer going to be a mediator, there is no business. Like I am the business. So how do you evaluate that? It's very, very, very difficult, if at all. Like you, right. difficult. Now, let's say, for example, that I have a, a tree trimming business. So I don't have a building, but I have a storage unit. Fine, I'm renting it. But I've got vans. I've got equipment. Right. All that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then that stuff is all valued. But, you, you know, you value that at fair market value. So fair market value is what would you get at a garage sale for? What would you get at CarMax for your vans? What would you get from, uh, you know, uh, Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace? What would you get from a pawn shop for used equipment? So that's the standard expectation. Yeah, yeah that, that is how you would value those things. Um, but yeah, I mean, a business started during a marriage is a marital asset that then has to go through um, that. Now, um, I did a divorce recently with a doctor. And so, you know, he has a practice. They own the building. He's got employees. They generate money. So the, so the husband and the wife agreed to a value for the business and agreed to how she was going to be paid her equity interest in the business. If they had not done that on their own, well, then they'd have to hire a business evaluator expert who would come in and say, okay, well, this size of a business doing these, you know, they would look at all the business, right? but not they, you know, they would say, okay, well, maybe the business pulled in a million dollars, but maybe it took half a million dollars to run. So the business is worth half a million dollars, right? Well, so then the wife's portion is... $250,000. So, but they would come in and have to do that entire valuation. Those are expensive. I mean, I've, I've seen business evaluators just start at about $7,500 um, mm-hmm. to, to come in and do those things. And usually with that, usually you got two. 
And why would you have two? Well, the husband's going to get a business evaluator and the wife doesn't trust it. So the wife wants one. Now you have a battle of right. Right. <laughs> you know, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it can get very, very expensive. So then in the, in the, the situation that you were just sharing, you know, okay, a business made a million, they spent 500,000, you know, sort of costs or whatever. Now each party has $250,000. So that example that you gave is a 50, 50 split, you know, is that always the case? How do the, the, yeah. you know, the different parties, business evaluators, how are they working together? What does that look like? So, so, so yes, generally, if it's, if it's a marital portion, if there's no marital dissipation and waste, you know, none of that stuff in Florida, it's 50, 50. Okay. So they would, so they would be splitting that in half. Um, Now, how is, you know, um, now are the business evaluators working together? (laughs) Generally not because they've got competing interests. One is trying to get the most, one's trying to get the least. Right. They're looking at the same information, but they're not working together. I mean, they're, 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 I mean, like if, if they had to go to court, you're probably going to get conflicting testimony. One is going to say, well, we actually think that the business is worth this because one of them is going to try to say, well, this isn't an expense. That's not a real expense trying to get the value higher and higher and higher. Of course. So then it, that gets decided in court. What's that? So who then at the end of the day, you know, looks at, I mean, essentially what the business evaluators. Okay. So it it ends in court. Yeah. I mean, and and so that can be very expensive by the time you get, because at that point you probably don't just have business evaluators. You probably have forensic accountants too. And the forensics are working with the business evaluators because the business evaluators will simply come in and do the evaluation, give it to the forensic to then plug in to then do all of the books and the records and the spreadsheets and look at all the expenses and the incomes and what's allowable for deductions, what's not allowable, you know, and here's the other thing. And I'm just going to digress slightly because of a business. When you look at valuing a business, there are things, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk about my business again. Okay. So in my business, under the IRS code, there are things that I am allowed to deduct in my business legally under the IRS. So for example, I can deduct, uh, you know, now that we're, now that we're virtual and I'm working in my office at home every day, I'm able to deduct a portion of my rent for that space under the IRS code. Um, I'm able to buy my computer. It's a tax deduction. My cell phone, tax deduction. Um, um, when I'm driving to work, I can either do mileage or, um, or um, uh, there, there's something else. I forgot what it is at the moment. But there, 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 there's two different ways to do with the car for a deduction. Um, there, so, so basically, you know, you know, some of my clothing, some of go, you know, depending if I'm like, like if you and I are going to go out to dinner and, um, and we are, you know, discussing future podcast stuff and we're working and it's, it's work. It's not just, Hey, you and I are just going to go have dinner, right? Mm -hmm. It's work. Then it's a business dinner. Okay. Well then I, you know, there, there are things that under the IRS code that I can write off. Okay. Now. When I get divorced, those things might be legally able to write off, but anything, anything that reduces my living expense can be added back to my income for alimony and child support purposes. So for example, that, that, that deduction for rent, 
that I get an IRS deduction for? Well, mm-hmm. that reduces my living expense. Well, that actually gets added back for child support purposes or alimony purposes. So it's kind of like to bite you in the butt later on. Well, well, so yes and no. Um, a lot of people, a lot of business owners argue in mediation with myself and with their attorneys that, hey, these are my business expenses. Therefore, I don't have enough money at the end of the month. Because look, you're allowed to write off a lot of stuff through your business. But if it reduces your living expense, if it's stuff that on a normal course, like for example, Sydney, you pay for your cell phone bill. Now for me, my company pays for it. Well, you know what? If I didn't have a company, would I have to pay for it? Yes. So that gets added back to my to my living expense. It reduces right. my living expense. So you look at, well, what would you normally have to pay for that you can write off legally, but if you mm-hmm. didn't have a company, you'd actually- okay. I'm following, I'm following. Mm-hmm. Those things get added back. So for example, I've, I've, let me go back to that doctor scenario. Let's say that he's, he's most likely writing off a lot of stuff through his business that he's allowed to. But for alimony and child support purposes, if it reduces his living expenses, it gets added back to his income. And all of a sudden, yes, she may get 50-50 in the business, but now that increases his income. And we have to look at that analysis for child support and alimony purposes. Instead of his income without those expenses having been accounted for. Correct. And so, you know, know, and and, um, I had a lawn guy recently that, that, yeah, with his expenses, he had about $500 surplus at the end of the month with his, you know, personally. But then when we went through his financial affidavit and said, no, you know, this would be added back. That would be added back. When we started to look at his, his bank account and be like, no, you got to add your cell phone back. No, you can't write off your truck because you would normally have to pay for a truck. Well, mm-hmm. all of a sudden he had about $2,000 surplus. But legally, and, and he was going, but Matthew, and he was telling his attorney, like, these are actual deductions for my business under the IRS. We're like, absolutely, but not in family court. It's different. Mm-hmm. They get added back if they reduce your living expense. So, you know, Again, not so simple. I mean, is, but isn't. But, you know, if you have a business started during your marriage, just know, you know, we're going to have to go through the evaluation of, you know, do you have a building? Do you have assets? Or here's another thing. You got liabilities. Some people take out loans for their business. Mm -hmm. So, you know what? Um, You might not have, you know, your business might generate income, but you got a loan to your business. Well, you know what? That could either lessen the equitable distribution of the spouse's portion to that. So for example, that doctor, if he took out a loan for the building to buy the building and he's paying that loan every month, well then the wife is in, wife's responsible for half of that loan because it's a marital asset. It's a business started during the marriage or that's deducted off of her marital portion. And so maybe she doesn't get 250,000. If the loan was say maybe a hundred thousand, well, she's responsible for 50. Mm-hmm. Now she only gets two hundred thousand, and he'll take a hundred percent of a loan. You know, so these are this, these are just part of the entire equation of figuring yeah. out. Well, our next question, I don't, maybe you've already answered it by this point, but I want to ask it. Okay. It reads: I'm a middle-aged man over forty with assets and a business. What do I need to know from a legal standpoint if I were to consider getting married in the near future? Well, if you're looking to get married, um, just know that everything that you've got, and, and, and yeah, we, we did touch on it, but I'll just reiterate, everything that you've got premarital is yours. 
Um, so could she ever take the business? No. Um, sort of similar to like a house. Let's just say, Sydney, that, um, that this guy, this middle-aged man over 40, let's say that he owns a home and then he gets married and then he refinances the home and makes it a marital asset, right? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, now it's marital. You know, she's entitled to half of it. Just that, that's just how it is. But let's say that he didn't make it marital. You know, he, he kept it separate. He kept paying it, whatnot. Well, then, you know what? She could never take the home, but she is entitled to half of the marital value of the home. Well, it's very similar to the business. Could, you know, could she ever take the business or the assets? No, but she would be entitled to the marital portion. Um, maybe, maybe, may, maybe he'd want to consider getting uh, a premarital um, or a, uh, I, uh, yeah, yeah, a, 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 a premarital agreement that says, hey, you know what, what's, you know, how, however, however he wants it, uh, a, a, uh, uh, that, that, that might be a good idea. I mean, it, it, it really depends. Um, he may, he may not care. I don't know, <laughs> but I mean, he just needs to know this guy needs to know from a legal standpoint, what does he need to consider? He needs to consider, you know, what, you know, is it a marital asset, non-marital asset? If he, if he wants to keep it non-marital, well, then he's got to keep it. He's got to keep it completely separate from everything else, all accounts, all monies and keep, Oh my gosh, Sydney, it's so incredible. I, I cannot tell you how many people use their, their, and including me back in the day, because I didn't know better when I first started a company until I got my accountant. Your business is not your own personal piggy bank. Like people right. use their businesses like their own personal piggy bank. They don't have good records. They don't know what they're doing. And that just muddies the water. So I would say if you're going to, you know, from a legal standpoint, what would you consider? Consider getting all your books and records on board, upfront, fully organized, visible, right. and an accountant, so that everything is clearly identifiable before you get married. Even if you're not going to do um, a, uh, a, a uh, prenuptial agreement, definitely just just from an IRS standpoint, just from just knowing your business, like being a, be a good business owner, know your business, get a good accountant. Uh, so you can clearly identify and keep everything separate. Pay your so the lines don't get even blurrier. Yeah, I mean, pay blurry. yourself. Pay you know, put yourself on payroll. Pay your taxes. Like, yeah, it's just yeah. I mean, because like when when I remember number of years ago when I found um, when I found my accountant Roland Manuel over in Palm Beach, phenomenal, phenomenal guy. Um, I gave him all my books and he's like, Matthew, what are you doing? I'm like, <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, I had, I had done some pretty creative, I, I called it creative accounting. He goes, no, this is just not right. Uh, but I did a lot of creative accounting then, but, but here's the problem, Sydney. I had to pay him to clean it up before he could even get things right. Well, that just cost me more money. Exactly. Because he's having to spend time trying to figure out what I even did so he can create it and put it on the right track. I just made it very difficult, very expensive. So if you're going to get a business, be a good uh, business person, get your books organized. If you Mm -hmm. don't know how to 
I mean, and, and, and I, I don't even know if properly is the right word, but if you don't know what you're doing um, to run your own books and, you know, whether it's Quicken, QuickBooks, whatever, definitely get, get an accountant to do it for you, to do your, um, to do your profit loss monthly, to do your payroll, make sure everything's on board because yeah. It'll save you a lot of time and money in the future. Yeah, I mean, be preventative instead of doing damage control because it can be really difficult mm. to undo that. And right. what you might do is you may think that you did everything right and, you know, then you get married and you didn't do anything right. And all of a sudden, what you thought was yours is now ours, <laughs> which right. half of it is now hers or his. Um, and this goes for men and women. I mean, I've, I had one recently where the, where the wife had a yoga studio. Well, guess what? He's, you know, he's entitled to half of it. You know, he, he worked for FPNL. And so, yeah, okay. He had, you know, he had a pension, he had a retirement. Okay, great. But she had a business. Well, he's entitled to half of the value of her business. Now, granted, there was, you know, there's a lot of goodwill. She was the business. Um, but there was, you know, it, it's still a business. Make sure everything's on board, even for uh, child support and alimony purposes. Because if your books are all muddied, well, then that's going to be very expensive trying to figure out, you know, child support and alimony, because even if they're not entitled to the business or if it's goodwill and you are the business, if your books and records aren't right, then, you know, now it's going to get costly because now you're back to business evaluators, forensic accountants trying to figure out, you know, like, especially when you're running your business as your own personal piggy bank, which Mm -hmm. I did at one point, um, it's just really expensive to get out of that. Um, and I don't mean like get out of it and away from it, but get out from under that to get everything proper so that then we can have a conversation like, okay, what is your income for child support purposes? Which mm-hmm. is just a very simple conversation. Like, what do you make? Eh, not that simple if your books and records are right. Right. If you have a comment or question regarding anything that we discuss, email us at info at iChatMediation.com. That's info at iChat, I-C-H-A-T, Mediation.com. And stay tuned to hear your shout out and have your question answered here on the show. For more information about my services or to schedule your mediation with me, either in person or using my iChat Mediation virtual platform built by Cisco Communications, visit me online at imediating.com. Call me at 561-262-9121, toll free at 877-822-1479, or email me at mbrickman at iChatMediation.com.